Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And he, we're here right now, and we're going to bring you the James Bradbury episode. Why the James Bradbury episode? Because he's going to be coming on as a guest, and he's going to explain how this all went down, right? And you're going to learn who is James Bradbury, right? Because some people might not know. He played for Carolina. He was a cornerback for the Carolina Panthers. He signed a three-year, $43.5 million deal with the Giants. A pretty good deal, a solid deal. $31.8 million guaranteed, right? And then again, he'll be able to hit free agency before he's 30 years old again. So James Bradbury's in pretty good shape right now, right? His career is looking good. And there's a lot to like about James Bradbury. And that's why the Giants signed him to that deal. When you looked at free agency, it was Byron Jones and James Bradbury. Those were the two top cornerbacks. Then there was the line of demarcation. And then there were the next level guys. The Bradley Robies of the world. The Logan Ryans. Uh, Darius Slay was obviously someone who was available and was in at the top of this group as well. But in order to get Darius Slay, who eventually was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles from the Detroit Lions, you had to give up draft capital in addition to then signing him to a new deal. Whereas with James Bradbury and Byron Jones, you simply just had to sign them to new deals. And for the Giants, they didn't really have those picks to give up, right? Especially in those first three rounds. They don't have a ton of, they have one in each round right now. And their third round pick is actually a supplemental pick. So it's basically at the top of the fourth round. So they couldn't really give up that third round pick. They would have been picking first round, second round, and then not again until the fourth round. Okay. That would have been a, uh, they need a lot of players. This, is, this isn't like a quick fix. We talked about this before. So they went shopping at the top of the market. Byron Jones, they checked out that market, realized, shifted their attention at that point to James Bradbury. So we like this guy a lot. We like the way he plays. He's physical, big physical corner, can play press man at the line of scrimmage, which is something you're going to see a lot from the Giants. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot. You're going to see a lot of man-to-man. That's what this defense is expected to look like under Patrick Graham. Because last year, the Dolphins played a lot of man-to-man. Xavier Howard played press coverage. On, I think in, he was in the top three in the NFL. That's Miami's top cornerback under Patrick Graham. So James Bradbury, he's going to be the top cornerback under Patrick Graham with the Giants. He's going to play a lot of press coverage. He only did it 23.9% last year. That number is going to get close. No, actually, you know what? It's going to be more than doubled this year, probably. So what one thing the Giants really liked about James Bradbury that I know that they liked, and this this played a big factor in them liking him as a player and wanting to bring him in. This is a guy who played in the NFC South, okay? Think about the NFC South for a second. You're talking about some serious receivers in the NFC South. Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, who absolutely tore apart the Giants and Janaris Jenkins this past year. James Bradbury did a lot of matching up against those guys, uh, matching up against those guys, especially this past season. And he fared pretty well. He fared pretty well matching up against that group of receivers, right? Not once, twice a year. The fact that he was drafted by Dave Gettleman didn't hurt James Bradbury, right? He was drafted by Gettleman in Carolina. 
We talked about the familiarity with some of these signings. It plays a factor. It absolutely does. Now, prior to free agency, we knew the Giants were going to shop at the top of the market, right? We knew they were going to be in on Byron Jones. We knew they were going to look at James Bradbury. The other person I heard that they were going to be look at was Logan Ryan. So they found out where James Bradbury's market was going to go. They shifted at that point and said, we need to make sure we get James Bradbury. And they did. They made sure they got him. Three years, $43.5 million. They wanted to make sure that they got a cornerback, a veteran cornerback, that they could put out there and they know they could trust to be a good, solid, quality player, right? Because right now a cornerback, think about it. The Giants have a lot of unknowns, a lot of guys that you're not fully confident or you shouldn't be fully confident that they're going to be good, successful players. DeAndre Baker, first-round pick from last year, his rookie year, it was rough, right? It was rough. You're talking about a guy who allowed, I believe, seven touchdowns as the nearest defender, right? Got called out in a team meeting in front of the whole entire team at one point for his lackadaisical play. And from my understanding, it was not irregular for him to doze off in meetings. This is a rookie. So he played better as the year went along. There's still questions about DeAndre Baker. There's still questions about Sam Beal, who misses his entire rookie year with a shoulder injury as a third-round supplemental pick. Last year, he comes back midway through the season, gets his first action. Do we really know what Sam Beal is at this point? I think the answer is no. And then you have uh, Grant Haley, Corey Ballantyne, young guys like that that we really we don't know what Corey Ballantyne is yet. He played in the slot last year. Out of position as a rookie sixth rounder. I mean, that was a tough spot. After a guy who missed the spring, okay? So the Giants needed that veteran cornerback, even though James Bradbury's pretty young. I believe he's 26. They needed that guy they could put out on the field, know they can match up at times, or most of the time, I believe it's going to be, against other teams' top receivers, against Amari Cooper when they face him. Alshon Jeffrey, when they face him, if uh, he's healthy. Uh, Mike Evans, they're going to play the Bucks this year when they face him. Hopefully, he, uh, James Bradbury, he has had in his career much better success than Janaris Jenkins did last year in that game when really Mike Evans went off. They could not stop him, just couldn't stop him. So that's why James Bradbury is on the Giants. Now, the one team you heard was the Redskins prior to free agency, right? That was the one that got out there. It was like the, the Redskins are going to be heavy on James Bradbury. He'll, t- he'll tell you what he thinks of this. I had heard that that was a little overblown, okay? So going into free agency, you know the Giants are shopping at the top of the market. They're looking at Byron Jones. They're looking at James Bradbury above everybody else, okay? And if they can't get those guys, they're still, they'll still look to get the next level guy, who I had heard was Logan Ryan, the next guy that they probably would have dipped down to. But they were able to land James Bradbury. He is the newest Giants cornerback. He's going to be a big piece of this defense and he's going to be asked to do a lot. Let's not let's start beating around the bush. James Bradbury is going to be asked to do a lot in this defense. It's still a young, inexperienced defense. He's one of the more accomplished players. He is now the highest paid player on that defense. And then Blake Martinez, who they signed to be the middle linebacker, is going to come next. Those two guys, right? They have all these young guys around. They're going to be asked to do a lot. So let's learn a little bit about James Bradbury right now. We'll bring him in, all right? On to the next one. Let's bring in James Bradbury, one of the newest Giants, really their, you know, premier free agent signing, uh, one of the top cornerbacks that was available on the free agent market, a guy who has matched up one-on-one with the likes of Julio Jones and Mike Evans and Mike Thomas over the years from Carolina, knows the Giants general manager a little bit in Dave Gettleman, maybe, maybe that played a little role in 
uh, James Bradbury landing with the Giants. But uh, we'll see. James, thanks for coming on. I appreciate the time. And congratulations, first of all. What's what's it been like? Um, you know, it's been exciting for sure, just to know that you uh you have the opportunity to go play for the New York Giants and then I'm able to make it to my second contract. I think that's every player's goal. And uh but you know, everything's been put on hold with the coronavirus going around, so it kinda hasn't hit me yet. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in one second. But let's start from the beginning, right? So the beginning in, in regards to this free agency thing. I want you to kind of take me through how it all went down, right? So let's start from the beginning in regards to you're in Carolina. Mm-hmm. When did when do you realize, okay, I'm not going to end up getting re-signed. I'm going to get to this process and become a free agent. Uh, I think around yeah, the combine, uh, my agent, they went and met with Carolina, and uh, they pretty much kind of said that we weren't gonna, they weren't going to franchise me. So at that point I knew that I probably was, I wasn't coming back. Was was it strange the last year or so? Because obviously, you know, they fire Ron Rivera midway through last season, and you, this kind of leaves you up in the air, right? I mean, if maybe they kept the same regime, it might have been different. But the fact that everything was changing, and they're they're obviously totally redoing that team, right? That kind of left you in limbo. Uh, well, I kind of I kind of figured how things was going to go as the season went on because we started we took that dive towards the end, and we started losing. And then, right. of course, when Coach Rivera they let him go. I kind of knew um, you know, the possibility for them rebuilding next year was in the uh, was in the works. So right. So you, you find out you're getting to free agency. What's that? What's the feeling you get at that point? I mean, I was excited. You know, um, of course, if they would have franchised me, I would have still been happy. I would have signed it, of course. Um, but to be able to hit free agency and uh, possibly get a long term deal and have some security was exciting to me. Yeah, free agency is. I mean. When good players get to free agency, it usually works out pretty well for them, which obviously seems to be the case here. You, your agents leave the combine, right? And that's where a lot of this, you know, talking goes on. You kind of get an idea of, you know, who's going to be interested, not necessarily where you're going to land, but you get an idea of who who's going to be interested. So the buzz was the Redskins, right? I'm sure you heard that. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that? And what, what, what did what did you think were your realistic possibilities at that point? Uh, well, early on, you know, when everyone was, was saying I was going to end up with the Redskins, we kind of found out that that wasn't going to happen. Uh, I just didn't say anything. I just let the media, you know, do right. what they do. Uh, but I knew I wasn't going to the Redskins. Uh, they pretty much kept the same offer on the table that I got with the with the Panthers because you know that whole regime went to uh, to the Redskins, right? And um, you know, also. Um, it was some people that I, it was some teams that I thought I might end up with that I thought might be really interested. Uh, but when it came down to um, free agency, you know, they didn't reach back out. And right. uh, not, New York came out of nowhere. I didn't, I didn't think Gettleman was going to reach out, but he did. I'm glad he did. So you didn't have that. You didn't have any inkling kind of going into free agency that the Giants were going to be one of the serious or top contenders, huh? I didn't. You know, they came out of nowhere. So then. I've heard you already stated that it came down to the Giants and the Lions at the end. Yes, sir. Right. Where, how, what was the deciding factor to you? What, what were the what were the the things that really you and you go over in your head and you're trying to choose between the two that were your you know that that really were the top priorities for you? Uh, well, I first say, um, of course, uh, New York. I feel like they gave me a little bit. They gave me a little bit more money. Again, that always helps, right? Yeah, that never hurts. <laughs> yeah, that always helps. And um, just the fact that New York 
the uh, the opportunities are and the possibilities are endless with that city right. and that um it's so many it's so many people so many uh companies and whatnot that that I, I'm able to touch now because I'm in New York and um of right. course I knew uh Gettleman I knew the type of uh, general manager he was and the organization he was trying to build and um I knew also I knew some of the players over there as well so I reached out to those guys and talked to them and they loved it over there I so heard I, that. I heard that you reached out to a couple guys. Who who do, who do you know? Who are you kind of close with that maybe you were able to you know pick their brain a little bit? Uh, well, I know Mayo, okay. uh, Mayo uh, the linebacker, uh, Rashard Golden. Of course, he's yep. in Carolina now. He's with New York, and I also know uh, Chad Slade. Uh, he's from Birmingham, and I work out with him in the off season. Ah, Chad's a good dude. He's a good dude for sure. Uh, so there you go. So and then what what, what was what was there? What, what did they kind of tell you about the situation with the Giants and? living in New York, playing in New York, because obviously and, – and what did they tell you maybe about the coaching staff? Because what, what really do they know about the coaching staff? I'm not really sure at this point, right? Uh, we, uh, they didn't know too much about the coaching staff, cause, of course, because they're new. Right. Um, so they didn't really tell me too much about that. But they told me um, the, uh, the facilities are great. You know, the food is great. Um, and, of course, the city, you know, it's, it's a lot of things to do around the city. Uh, whatever you're interested in, you have the opportunity to uh, pursue that. And um, of course, it's a little it's a little expensive, but you know that's what comes with a big city and, and the endless opportunities. The price is going to go up. Yeah, the uh, the, ta- the taxes, the real estate taxes in New Jersey, it's going to be. It's, you see those, you'll, you'll have a little culture shock for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, everything is back, you know, in order soon enough. Obviously, everyone's dealing with this coronavirus, right? Uh, the crisis. Everyone's kind of stuck inside. You, as as somebody who needs to train. And really be prepared for next year. What do, what do you do? Like, what do you, what are you thinking? Like, what if this what if this extends for like another month or two? Uh, well, hopefully it doesn't. But if 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 it extends um another month or two, you know, I'm just trying to order some uh, like kettlebells and stuff offline and medicine balls. Uh, but right now I'm fine. You know, it's, it's still early in the off season. You know, you don't go too hard right now. You really, you know, it's a, it's a uh, process. You know, you start off slow pick up the pace and then of course by by the summer that's when you really start working real hard towards training yeah. camp uh, so right now sorry go ahead finish i'm just saying i'm still in the beginning of the process so not going have too you, hard have you thought about the possibility that you might be doing meetings like this basically you'll be doing zoom skype whatever you, you, be, you know and you'll have to be learning the system this spring kind of remotely uh yeah definitely i, I think it uh, um what do you think of that it would definitely be challenging uh, just because you won't be able to get any on-field, on-field reps. Uh, but as far as, like, learning the defense and stuff, um, I don't think that will be too hard for me because I think I feel like I pick up things very easily. And at corner, honestly, um, you know, a lot of this stuff is, is easy when it comes to learning the scheme and stuff. The hardest thing is actually going out there and cover, covering the guy. Right. Because those guys get paid too, right, on the other side of the ball. You, 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 you've gone against some good ones. You're going to go against some good ones again in this division. Uh, one more thing with the, the, the you know, the, the crisis and everyone's having to stay away. You haven't been able to do your physical, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like a real interesting part. It kind of, you don't, that roster bonus, right, that I believe it was, I don't know, $10 million. Is that whatever the number is, right? Is that is that right? I think that's what it was. Well, yeah, we'll say it's close to that number. All right. We'll it's close to that number. So, you don't. It was supposed to be due on fifth day of the league year. Let's say mm-hmm. you have to now wait for that. Does that worry you? Because until you get that past that physical, right? 
the, the mm-hmm. contract is not consummated. So do you put yourself in bubble wrap in the meantime? How do you handle that? And does that weigh on your mind, the fact that you have to be really careful now? Uh, of course, you know, my workout, my workouts aren't too, um, I mean, of course they're challenging, but I'm not doing anything crazy. So I'm not worried about getting injured from my workouts or nothing like that. Right. And, um, you know, I just try not to think about it. You know, anything can happen any day, any given day. And you try to make sure you uh, prepare yourself if something bad were to happen. And I feel like I've saved my money from my first contract, you know, so I'm not really struggling for money out here or anything like that. Right. right. I'm good. You know, um, I'm able to take care of myself, so I'm fine. You know, I'm not worried about it too much. Yeah, obviously, you know, you want to be being healthy is the most important. You don't want to put yourself at risk, but I don't know. To me, that's just got to be a crazy situation, knowing that 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 carrot is sitting right there. Right here's this huge check, but you can't get it until you get that physical, and you're just waiting and waiting. And there's really nothing you can do about it, right? I mean, what can you do about that right now? Ah, uh, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm not I'm not really stressing about it. But I can't do anything about it. You know, it's just part of life. Um, it's more, it's more things going on in life with the, like people are being affected by coronavirus, you know, more. Right, right. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, sending my prayers to those, to those people being affected by that more so than me worried about my sign of bonus right now. Yeah, just a, a crazy time in, in life, right? The, 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 of society in general, of where we are. It's just wild. So let's get to the football side a little bit, right? Yes, sir. You're going to be playing a lot of man coverage in this defense, it, it seems like. Uh, I think. Xavier Howard, who was with Miami last year, and the defensive your new defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, he played press coverage according to Next Gen stats, close to you know sixty in the sixty percent range, right? I mean that's a, that was a really high number, one of the highest in the entire NFL. I think you played, uh, they had it at around twenty four percent. So how do you feel the fact the fact that you're that's what they're gonna they're probably gonna be asking you to do a lot of that. Get to the line of scrimmage, be physical, which which kind of is right in your wheelhouse, right? Uh yes, sir. I mean, I, I'm, I'm I would say I'm an all around corner. You know, I play zone, I play man, I play off, I can play a uh, press. You know, that was kind of my strong suit coming out of coming out of college was press, and I really want to be. You're, uh, a bit, you're a bigger guy. You're a more physical player than than most cornerbacks, I think. So yes, sir. So like I already have the length and the arms and whatnot. So I was kind of I was blessed by the good man up above with that. <laughs> But really, I was just trying to work on my off coverage, you know, when I got into the league and my zone coverage, because that's what we played a lot of in, in Carolina. So um, does that, is, that enti- is that sort of enticing to you, the fact that you get to come here and you get to do that? I mean, you're going to – I don't know what they explained to you, but ha- have they expressed that to you, that you're going to be doing a lot of man coverage and that's going to be something that's going to be asked of you probably more than you ever had? I've done my research a little bit, and I've, I've saw that, you know, our deep corner – Deep's the coordinator. He likes to play man, so I kind of knew that coming into the situation. Um, but I'm ready for it. You know, I'm I'm up for the challenge, man. That's why I play football. That's, that's why I wanted to play in the NFL was for the challenge and to compete. So you you got to play a lot of man. I mean, not, not a, a ton because, like you said, you play that zone. But when you, they did match you up against some of those top receivers, like the guys we mentioned before, the Mike Thomases of the world, uh, Julio Jones, Mike Evans. What was that like for you, especially this past year, when you matched up against them? Um, as far as, like, that Sunday or just throughout the week preparing for them? Yeah, just, just what that whole experience is like and how you approach that. And, and do you sort of – some guys thrive off that. Like, they want that matchup. Like, that. that's what they, they look forward to. I mean, how do, how do you handle that? I mean, I definitely look forward to it. Um, you know, the coaches, they instilled a lot of confidence in me. And uh, they also um, – 
they asked me to do a lot when they was when they put me up against Mike Evans and Julio and stuff. So I feel good, you know, confident that my that my that my team trusted me to be able to handle that task. And um and I prepared for it throughout the week. And of course it was uh challenging. Uh it was stressful at times. Uh but when it came game day, you know, I, was, I feel like I was prepared and I uh put my best foot forward and uh feel like I did the most I, mean, I did the best I could against him and uh it paid off in the end. Who do you think you had the most success against? The most success. I guess number wise you would say Mike Evans. Right. Uh, but I enjoy playing against Mike. Hmm, sir. I said, why do you think that is? Was it, is, is that the you think that matchup was just better for you, or is that just the way it worked out? And what do you what do you kind of attribute that to? Uh, I feel like this is just the way that it worked out. Um, it's hard to pinpoint why it happened like that, but I just feel like it worked out like that. You know, um, I enjoyed going against Michael Thomas as well because, um, of course, he's been getting a lot of attention. And I knew when I when I faced him, a lot of attention was going to be put on that matchup. So I enjoyed that matchup as well. I don't know if you watched the Mike Evans tape, but when the, the Giants they struggled badly last year to contain Mike Evans. He went off when they played against him. I believe he had close to 200 yards and like three touchdowns. <laughs> so you might have bumped into that tape along the way, but you'll get another. You'll, you will get another shot at him again this year too. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you just gotta know what you're what you're facing when you go against a guy like Mike Evans. You know, he wants to go. When you play Tampa in general, you know they want to throw the deep ball. Yeah, um, he's a and special, right? Yeah, he's a basketball guy. So uh, Mike Evans is gonna go up and attack the ball at the high point. So really, when I face him, I try to take. I use more of an outside leverage and take the outside away from him. If someone asked you to describe your game, what would you? How would you? How would you describe it? Like, what, what do you think is your tops? Your specialty? Like, what are you best at? What do you do best? Uh, what I do best, uh, just physicality, you know, and press coverage, uh, being able to come up and help support in the run. Uh, but sounds if I had to describe, and sounds perfect for the Giants. Yeah, if I had to <laughs> describe it overall, I would just say versatile. You know, I can play a little bit, play man, play zone. Um, I can come in a slot sometimes and play man. I've even played a zone in a slot as well with, with Carolina from time to time. Right. Um, so I, I just feel like I'm versatile. You know, I can do a little bit of everything. That, that's uh, that's the key word, buzzword around the Giants these days. So that'll work. I mean, they've been when you talk to Joe Judge, the new head coach, and Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator. That's what they keep saying: versatility. We want to be versatile. We want to be have versatility. We want to be able to move guys around, use them to the best of their ability. So it seems like it's going to be a good fit. But as far as you personally, as that kind of cornerback, was there anybody you modeled your game after? Mm, I wouldn't say I modeled my game after anyone because I feel like every corner is unique. But I definitely watched a lot of film on guys like Richard Sherman, watch Ramsey, Slay, Gilmore. Um, uh, These are a lot I of the really I could I could see you know I could see the resemblance though right the, the guys you mentioned those are, they kind of play most part the same way you do. Oh yeah, definitely, man. I, I try to take a little bit from each, from everyone's game and just try to perfect it and then add it to mine. Right. And it's worked so far. Obviously, James Bradbury here we're talking to. the new, One of the newest Giants signed a nice, lucrative new three-year contract with the Giants as one of the top free agents on the market. We want to learn a little bit about who James Bradbury is right now, okay? So I'm yes, going to go down. We'll go. We'll, go, we'll do – got one. We got like seven quick questions for you. Ready? Seven quick. Let's go. Real quick. James Bradbury grew up wanting to be a football player. Always. 
Um, no, at first I wanted to be an architect. An I, architect? Yeah, I like to draw. I used to like to draw. When did that change? Like, when did you realize this was realistic? Man, uh, you know, I've always been good at football, but then, you know, we used to do art contests when I was in elementary school, and I would always get second. And it kind of threw me away from drawing, honestly. <laughs> that you finished second because you couldn't didn't finish in first. Yeah, it was it was like so it was three years in a row, and it was three different females that beat me every time. But they could they could really draw. They could draw. You, I don't know. There might you, you might still have a grudge there. Oh no, I didn't got past that. No. <laughs> they could draw though. What's a what's your uh, best painting? Like, did you do you have any of them hanging up on the wall or whatever in your house? Nah, so I um I just sketch. I don't really uh paint. Okay. Uh, so I, I think I sketched like a picture of Brent Browns one time. That was like my senior year of college, 2015. I would Wait, have to of what? Uh, Brent Grimes, the corner. Oh, Brent Grimes. Yeah, I would have to find a picture. It was somewhere around here. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Did you ever? Did you ever tell him that? I actually posted. Yeah, I posted it on IG one day, and um, so I'm friends with Rob McLean. He played in the league. I played with him with, with the Panthers, and he knows Rob, um, Brent Grimes, and he told him about it. And I talked to him about it. He was. He said it was dope. Wow! Didn't expect it to go that way. All right. So wait, is that something you still do? Because the next question was, what do you do in your spare time? Do you still sketch? Oh uh, no, I play Call of Duty now. Call of Duty. <laughs> That's your thing. Yeah, I play a lot of Call of Duty now. All right. Is there is there anyone who can hang with you? Um, man, I'm trying to hang out with my friends. You know, uh, Vernon Butler, he plays a lot of Call of Duty. Yeah. He's, uh, him, um, Kyle Love, I play with him, Zach Sanchez, all guys that I play with in Carolina. I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to keep the, best? the best. I would probably say Kyle Love. Kyle Love. It's all pretty even, though. You guys get competitive? How competitive did that get? Oh, man, me and one of my friends stopped talking for like a month. <laughs> I ended up letting them die in the storm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, your favorite, who's your favorite teammate? Who you, who who were you closest to in Carolina? Um, I can't pick out one person. I I say Shaq, Shaq Thompson or Ver, Vernon Butler. Okay, those are like your two closest friends, you would say? Yeah, I've been around them the longest. Gotcha. You're... How do you? How did James Bradbury end up at Samford? Uh, so initially, I went to Arkansas State. Arkansas State was my biggest offer, and uh, my whole thing, I wanted to go D one, real bad, and that was my one D one offer. Well, D one single A, I say that D one single A. Right. And I ended up going to Arkansas State. Was at safety. Um, didn't feel comfortable at safety. I feel like I was always a cornerback, so I ended up transferring to Samford because I didn't want to stay on the same level and have to sit out a year. So I just went down below to D one double A. Why didn't you get, in your opinion, in your estimation, why didn't you get the love from the, the power conferences? Um, well, one team, one, one school told me I was too slow. Well, as a matter of fact, two, two schools told me I was too slow. You still, you still use that as motivation? Oh, for sure. I always, I always think about it from time to time. The best cornerback you've ever seen is? Ooh, the best cornerback I've ever seen. Well, Darrell Reeves. Talking about in person or just watched? Just watched. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I say Darrell Reeves. Why? What's so special? What was so special about him? Oh, man. Uh, by the way, not that I disagree. He was best. Yeah, I'm sure you saw it a lot. Like, yeah. um, he was just patient at the line. Um, you 
use angles well, um, perfect technique, and uh, just overall knowledge of the game. Your favorite matchup, your favorite guy to go against? Hmm. I would say Julio Jones. Why is that? Uh, one, he's from Alabama. Right. Who, um, to me, he's the best receiver in the league. Um, so I always you know, look forward to that matchup, even though it's stressful at times. Um, I feel like I just – I just ultimate test for myself personally. You're coming to New York. You get to go visit one place. What's, on, what's at the top of the wish list? Madison, Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden, or hopefully to see the Knicks when they're better, though, right? I mean, come on. For sure. Um, a rough, rough run around here with the Knicks. I, mean, I just want to see them boys play ball, honestly. I don't, <laughs> care, I don't care if they suck or not. <laughs> uh, craziest place you ever visited? The craziest place I ever visited. Um, ooh. Uh... I'd say the Bahamas, I guess. Okay. <laughs> when was this? Uh, that was two years ago. Okay. I don't know. What, what do you mean by craziest? I don't know. Best, craziest. But it would be whatever you want. Your interpretation. I got you. Man, I still got some 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 stops on my um on my journey that I want to go to. You know, some places what? I want to go. So I see what time. Sir? What, do you need to, what do you need to check off? What, what's what's on the uh, what's on the list? I really want to go to Niagara Falls. I forgot that was up in New York. Yeah, you know that's far though. You can do yeah. it. But that's not. It's not. That's not around the corner. It's not. I'm gonna get there though. You can get there. You could do. You could do a nice day. You could do a couple days, two days, two day trip. Get up to Niagara Falls. Yeah, I want to go to like Japan and Tokyo. That's a little further. Yeah, it's a little further too. So I mean. Well, hopefully we can get back to the times where, where we can make these kind of things happen. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm patient, though, so I ain't got number time. All right. Well, you'll have at least three years in New York, New Jersey with the Giants. It's actually New Jersey. You know that, right? Oh, uh, yes, I know. Yeah, they Everything New Jersey. You know, I always tell guys it's strange because some guys, if you're really young and you've never really been up here much, they think they're going and they're living in Manhattan, right? Mm-hmm. And then they realize, oh, no, they flew me into New Jersey. And then they realize, oh, my God, they we're going to East Rutherford. And then, oh, my God, we're living in Secaucus or Edgewater or whatever guys live in. And next thing you know, pretty much everything they do is in New Jersey. Yeah. So you got you to get used to being a New Jersey New Jersey resident. You know that, right? Yeah, I heard the um, the view is a lot better from New Jersey looking in. To New York versus New York. Most of the guys live on the water, so you could live on the water right there. You could pop in and out of the city quick, easy, back and forth. And, you know, you just got to try to avoid that traffic. Where hopefully, again, we get back to the point where people have to deal with that traffic. But yeah, so it'll be a good life. You'll enjoy it, and I'm sure Giants fans will enjoy getting to know James Bradbury more. And really, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate you as well. Thank you. There you have it. James Bradbury, appreciate him coming on. I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. I mean, let's be honest. He plays in Carolina for four years. They've been up and down the past two or three years. They haven't been a great team. How much have we really paid attention and seen 
of James Bradbury, right? Now he's stepping into a bigger market as a much more highly compensated player, and a lot's going to be asked of him with this giant team. And it'll be interesting to see how this turns out. I like James Bradbury as a player. I thought this was a good signing, right? The Giants needed that veteran cornerback in the room with those guys, with the DeAndre Bakers, who struggled badly his rookie year, right? I believe he allowed seven touchdowns as the nearest defender. Um, That was according to next-gen stats, at least. Uh, He was called out in front of the entire team at one point for his lackadaisical play in a game and from what i heard it wasn't completely uncommon that he would doze off in meetings as well so yes he played better as the season went along but deandre baker needs to make major gains we don't know if he's going to be a quality cornerback in the nfl at this point that's still up in the air why because he was simply because he was a first round pick or because he showed some signs late in the season you can have hope but i don't think we know with him that the giants have a quality starting cornerback we don't know with Corey Ballantyne if they have a quality starting cornerback. Corey Ballantyne was a sixth-round pick from a small school who had to play out of place as a rookie, played in the slot, which he's not a slot cornerback, and had a rough year, got torn apart. Missed the spring, too, by the way, after he was shot in a, a tragic situation that he was caught in, where his best friend was murdered, right? So we don't know what Corey Ballantyne is. We don't know what Sam Beal is. He missed his whole rookie year with a shoulder injury, missed the first half of his second season. So we got like, what, seven or eight games from him? And we really don't know what he's going to be. You saw some decent stuff. You also saw some struggles, which you'd expect. But there's so much unknown there. The one unknown now that they don't have is that they have a number one cornerback, right? A guy that, that they could put in that spot and know he can be successful to a certain degree, at least in the NFL, right? He's now a highly compensated player. He's actually the highest paid player on the entire defense. I, I, I take that back. Leonard Williams at the moment is the highest paid player on the defense. But Bradbury's up there. Blake Martinez is next. Those guys are going to be asked to do a lot. Those are supposed to be their known quantities. So James Bradbury, especially at a position where they don't have much else proven, is the one proven commodity. That's why the Giants felt like they needed to go get that top cornerback. And they feel like they've gotten him. Because let's be honest, he's played in a tough division. That NFC South, we talked about it already. It's no joke. He's proven he could play at that level. Now he's going to bring that to the Giants defense. And they hope it's a nice, successful, healthy marriage. And we'll learn about more about James Bradbury along the way. But we definitely appreciate him coming on this episode of Breaking Big Blue. Uh, I felt like I learned a lot about him. I hope you did as well. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll do some more of these as we go forward here. Right, We're all trying to get by. The corona crisis has really taken over our nation. We're all stuck in our houses. Everyone is looking at a new reality, at least for the meantime, of how of what they're able to do. We're all trying to make the best of it. I'm working in a different way probably than I have in the past with some limitations. Of course, you can't go out. You can't go out and interview a new guy. The Giants aren't going to go out and have a press conference for James Bradbury where we're all sitting there being able to ask him questions. I have seen some teams do Zoom, but look, this is this is our this is our reality right now. So these are some of the workarounds we're trying to do. I hope you guys liked it, guys and girls liked it. Uh give me feedback. Tell me if we anything we should do differently. Uh anything we could do to to pep it up, spice it up, make it more fun. Uh in the meantime, and I'll try my best to make it happen. And remember, this podcast, Breaking Big Blue, is available on all podcast platforms. Apple, um, iHeartRadio, you can find it on the ESPN app. 
and rate it. Give it a good rating. Tell your friends. Spread the word. We're going to make this big. We're going to make it gigantic. We're going to make it huge. I want everyone who's a Giant fan, to some degree, to be listening to this podcast. You got that? And I need your help. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate all the support. I hope we're creating a little diversion from reality because we're in some weird times with the with the coronavirus really taking over our, our daily life to, some, to a large degree, really. So uh, we'll try and come back with another Breaking Big Blue later next week, hopefully. Maybe we'll try and get Blake Martinez on, right? Let me know if you guys want that, and uh, we'll try and make it happen. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.